Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 23. At the barking of the hounds, David looked at Naya. He nodded slightly. The only indication necessary to communicate to her that they were no longer safe. Tension clenched his gut. They found us, Naya said. She looked at Pearl. How? Diallo, Pearl said. She slipped out of Jalil's arms. Jalil, blinking slowly, appeared to realize what was happening, for his gaze sharpened. Remember when I explained the risks of slipping into Diallo's mind? How it could form a dangerous psychic doorway? That is what happened. Just as I secretly entered his thoughts, so he was able to do the same with me. I'm only surprised it has taken so long for him to arrive. He and his son have probably been out there painting the town red, David said. Pardon the pun. They've gotten bored and are ready for us. Fuck this. Jalil angrily wiped his eyes and shot to his feet. I'm going to kill all those motherfuckers. Everybody stay out of my way. He stormed across the room to where their bags and firearms lay on the floor. David stepped in front of Jalil. Hold on, Jalil. I'm not letting you go out there like Rambo. We can't do it that way. Wait, 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 wait. So, as a gift to my motherfuckers and my niggas and my white people who've been with me since the beginning, let's do it like this. I'm going to rewind that real quick and read that part again. For those of y'all who have only heard, if this is the first book you've been with us, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. This shit ain't for you. Hold on one second. Fuck this. Jalil angrily wiped his eyes and shot to his feet. I'm going to kill all those motherfuckers. Everyone stay out of my way. He stormed across the room to where their bags and firearms lay on the floor. David stepped in front of Jalil. Hold on, Jalil. I'm not letting you go out there like Mecca. <laughs> we can't do it that way. Jalil's glare could have melted glass. Get out of my way, man. I'm for real. He tried to shove David aside, but David held his ground. I know you're angry, David said. You're furious about what they did to your dad. I understand, but I promised Jackson that I look out for you, and I mean to stand by my word. There's no way I'm letting you run out there. That would be suicide. I don't need you to look out for me, all right? Will you get the hell out of my way? 
his nostrils flaring, he attempted to push David out of his path. David grabbed the boy's arms, held them tight. Jalil trembled. David was about three inches taller than the kid, and I weighed him by maybe 20 pounds. But Jalil was so charged with anger that David was not sure he could hold him back. The skin of his arms was hot to the touch. You've got to chill out, David said. This isn't the time to lose your cool, understand? You're a tough kid, but you aren't crazy. You know you don't stand a chance in hell against those monsters. All right. Jalil's eyes were red and fatigued. He shrugged off David's hands. David let him go. So you're the big boss man, Jalil said. What do you want us to do? Stay in here and wait to be slaughtered? David checked outside the rain-smeared window. He could not see the bloodsuckers yet, but the dog's barks steadily grew louder. Jalil, Naya, and Pearl watched him anxiously. We have to go on the run, David said. The vampires own the night, and there's too many of them for us to handle. We have to lie low until daybreak. Then, we can catch them in their lair, wherever that is. How do we get away, Naya said. It sounds like they're coming from the direction of the road. We can't go that way. There's a dirt trail at the back of my property, Pearl said. It begins near a tool shed. The path leads through the woods, then cuts through a marsh, and eventually ends at a road in town. But there's no light to guide you, and the swamp is full of water moccasins. My brother was bitten by one as a child and nearly died. Shit, Jalil said. I ain't messing with no snakes, man. Forget it. We'll take my truck, David said. We'll stay on the trail and won't have to set foot in the water. Naya looked out the window. Then if that's the plan, we better get moving. They're getting closer, guys. David grabbed his duffel bag. Jalil and Naya hurriedly picked up their belongings as well. Pearl solemnly drew the blanket across Jackson's body. I'm staying here, she said. Her eyes were tranquil. I will watch over Chief Jackson. Good idea, Jalil said. He swallowed. I don't want to leave my dad here alone, you know? Are you sure, Pearl? David said. The bloodsuckers are after us, and me especially. But what if they break in here? It's not safe for you to stay behind. Nowhere is safe for me as long as Diallo's alive, she said. I violated the sanctity of his thoughts, an unforgivable trespass to him. If I were to come along with you, it would only fuel his determination to destroy us all. I'm staying here. Her tone indicated that the subject was close to discussion. David bit his lip, debating whether to continue to attempt to persuade her to leave with him. You must hurry, Pearl said. The barking outside grew louder. On shaky legs, King trudged to the doorway. He whined, eyes searching David's face for reassurance. Okay, boy, we're leaving, David said. Naya and Jalil had gathered their things. Jalil was making an obvious effort to avoid looking at his father's corpse. The kid's eyes were watery. David felt a strong, almost paternal urge to spirit Jalil away from this and take him somewhere where he could smile again. But it was going to be an arduous journey to reach such a place. First, they had to escape Pearl's house. Pearl accompanied them to the door. She quickly kissed each of them on the cheek. Thank you for everything, David said. 
again. Keep them safe, David Hunter, she said. They're your family now. He nodded, then turned to face the darkness beyond. The gravel driveway that led from Pearl's house to the main road was as dark as a subterranean tunnel. But David heard the dogs. They bayed and barked ceaselessly. It sounded as though dozens of the hellhounds were prowling closer. The vampires would be with them. Jalil, Naya, and King had climbed inside the Pathfinder. David opened the rear cargo door to stash their bags in the storage area. His hand shook so badly that he dropped one of the bags. He cursed under his breath, grabbed the canvas strap, and flung the parcel into the cargo bay. Hunter. The voice, deep and sonorous, came to him like a whisper of air against his ears. David turned to face a long, lightless driveway. Diallo strode out of the darkness. Although David had only seen an artistic rendering of Diallo in the Bible illustrations, one look confirmed that he was witnessing the master vampire in the flesh. He was Goliath-sized, standing a head above Kyle, who kept pace with him on his right. Clothed in black garments, Diallo walked as if he owned the night. Head raised high and proud, arms swinging casually, each long stride fluid and commanding. He was accompanied by perhaps a dozen lesser vampires and vampiric hounds. They marched in a formation that spanned the entire road. A change seemed to buzz through the atmosphere, as though the night itself were comprised of two puzzle pieces that had finally been fitted together with a click. A click that echoed in the depths of David's soul. He was gripped by a certainty that he was meant to be here, fated to meet this centuries-old adversary of his ancestor on this Mississippi ground. Another piece of destiny has slid into the proper groove. A dizzying mixture of terror and awe coursed through him. Come on, David. Hurry up, man. David shook his head, disoriented. Jalil and I yelled at him to get in the truck. At last, I have found you, Hunter. The resonant voice came to him again. Even from a considerable distance, Diallo's eyes held David in place like iron stakes. The vampire army advanced. The mutant dog's teeth glinted. David! Naya screamed. David broke his paralysis. He slammed the rear door and hurried to the driver's side. The engine was already purring. What was wrong with you back there? Jalil said from the back seat. Let's get the hell out of here. Everyone hang tight, David said. He resisted the compulsion to check the rearview mirror, fearing that he would once again be transfixed by the vampire. He switched on the headlamps to the highest setting and shifted in the drive. He mashed the accelerator. The tires bit into the dirt, and the vehicle exploded forward. They mowed across the grass. The trail! Where's the trail? David said. He had been in Pearl's backyard before, but that was during daylight hours. At night, the landscape was different and unfamiliar. That he was ready to piss his pants didn't help his sense of direction either. Over there, by the shed, Nia pointed frantically. David saw it. Near the tool shed, amidst the shrubbery, a path that looked barely wide enough to admit a compact car beckoned. He cut the wheel to the right. The SUV clipped a rosebush, crimson petals fluttering over the windows. A series of bumps throughout the yard jostled David and the others in their seats. Man, 
Those bastards are on our ass, Jalil said. David risked a glance in the rearview mirror. Revealed in the red tail lights, the vampiric hounds raced across the yard. Behind them, the Valdue gave chase. Diallo and Kyle were not among them. Where were they? Pearl, he thought, with a pang of anxiety. She had been right about the vampire's intent to confront her. But he could not expend any energy worrying about something beyond his ability to control. Driving this narrow route without smashing into a tree was going to demand all of his attention. He bulleted through the gap between the bushes. Branches screeched like claws across the truck's body. The leafy boughs of the tree formed a low-hanging tunnel. The path was twisty. The dirt surface moist and orange-red. It was better suited to accommodating a 4x4 recreational vehicle than a truck designed for city driving. He grasped the steering wheel in both hands, something he did only when driving in hazardous conditions. Still worried that he would spin off the trail, he cut his speed, too. He was traveling only 20 miles an hour. They're gaining on us, Naya said. She turned to look out the window. A vein throbbed in her slender neck. David took her word for it. The dense woods were alive with the dog's thunderous barking. In the rear passenger seat, King whined. They aren't ordinary dogs either, he reminded himself. The beasts were supernaturally gifted and could run much faster than normal canines. We've got to slow them down, he said. I don't know how, but we've got to do something. I'll take care of them, Jalil said. One of you, roll back the sunroof. What are you doing, Naya said. Just do it, will you? Jalil shouted. I'm not taking my hands off the steering wheel, David said. Gritting his teeth, he navigated the relentlessly curving path. Naya, please, let him do whatever he has in mind. Fine. Naya punched the button to open the sunroof. David did not dare to look away from the trail, but in the corner of his eye, he glimpsed Jalil holding a shotgun, and he knew what the boy was going to do. That kid is something else, he thought. His dad would be proud. Actually, his, his dad would have been proud because he dead. I don't, I know, I know. I just, he dead. Would have been proud. He ain't turned into a vampire. He would have been proud. Pearl waited in the bedroom, sitting in the rocking chair beside the bed where Chief Jackson's body rested. Her eyes were closed and her hands rested on her lap. Palms turned up. She was praying. Dear God, do with me what you will, but please keep my friends from harm and give them the strength and courage to fulfill the mission that you had decreed for them. She was in such deep prayer that she did not hear the snarling pack of monster canines that rushed past her house. Neither did she hear the front door crack open as though split with an axe, and she did not hear the deliberate footsteps that clocked across the wooden floorboards of the living room, thudded across the hallway, and entered the bedroom. Open your eyes, Pearl. I'm here. The voice slipped into her mind with unsettling ease, interrupting her prayer. Her eyes snapped open. Diallo loomed in front of her. She drew in a startled breath. She knew his mind, but not his body. He was a fearsome yet majestic creature, intimidating yet beautiful, terrifying yet awe-inspiring. You're brave, he said. His voice is as deep as a summer night. 
His gaze touched Jackson's covered corpse on the bed. And Noble. Her heart hammered. I'm only fulfilling my responsibility. Slowly, he nodded. His eyes were so compelling that she found it impossible to look away from him. You fear me, he said. But not how others fear me. Yes, she said thickly. He did not need to elaborate. They had a mutual understanding. This creature had the power to pierce her mind like a hypodermic needle and suck it dry of all of her sanity. She found the prospect of being driven insane far more frightening than anything he could do to her physical body. You understand me, he said. I understand only what you have allowed me to learn about you, Diallo. You were conscious all the while of my presence. Some doors you kept closed to me. He smiled mysteriously. Some doors must remain closed. That may be, but I've never understood why you're causing so much pain to innocent people. Perhaps it was his unexpected candor and casual manner that made it possible. But Pearl captured a thought from him. It was trapped in her quick mind like a fly caught in a spider's web. And before she checked herself, she spoke her discovery aloud. It's her, isn't it? Pearl said. A woman whom you loved when you were a man. A woman whom you lost. Diallo's smile vanished. Quickly, Pearl said, But you will see her again, Diallo. Have hope. She is not lost to you forever. Diallo shook his head, almost sadly. You're talented, Pearl. Your talent is dangerous to you and me. But... A cold, invisible hand closed over her throat, cutting off her words. With a grip as powerful as a machine, it began to squeeze. Her hands instinctively scrabbled at her neck, but there was no physical chokehold for her to tear away. She gagged. Diallo watched her silently. Choking, she rocked in the chair. Her feet kicked in the air. Then, she gave up the struggle. She allowed peace to flow through her. Although her lungs ached as they thirsted for oxygen and gas came from her body, peace cradled her spirit, and as her life drifted out of her body at last, she found herself soaring into a vast space, enveloped in a warm tranquility, completely at peace, for she had fulfilled her life's mission. And because of her, others might live and go on to touch and change lives, and so it would go on forever. What I'm about to do is crazy, Jalil thought. But he didn't see any alternatives. Crazy situations call for crazy solutions. Holla at me when I need to duck, he said to Naya. I don't want to get my head taken off by a tree or something. Okay, she said. He could tell by her tone that she didn't like what he was going to do. Well, that was too bad. Somebody had to do something. The German shepherd watched him. Maybe it was his imagination projecting human feelings onto an animal, but the dog looked worried. Jalil patted the dog's head. Then, he braced his legs against the back of the front seats. Gripping his shotgun in his clammy hands, he squeezed through the open sunroof. He had gotten the idea to do this from a thriller novel he had read a few months ago. The book was called Thunder Something and had been loaned to him by a girl he liked. He had only read the book to impress her, but it turned out to be a decent read with lots of action and some cool, scary stuff. Not half as scary as what was going on in this town, though. 
If the guy who had written that book was in Mason's Corner tonight, he'd probably shit his pants. Just like Jalil was ready to do. Sharp wind sliced at his face, drawing tears from his eyes. He blinked a couple of times to clear his vision. The pack of monster hounds gained on them. Their sleek, muscled bodies filled the dirt trail. And in the backsplash of the truck's taillights, the faces of the closest beasts appeared to be drenched in blood. Behind the canines, about a dozen vampires gave chase too. He did not see Kyle or Diallo, the tough ones. But they couldn't be far behind. Jalil steadied the gun on the cold roof. It's like target practice on a shooting range, he thought. Think of it that way. The dog's frenzied barking drove a chill deep into his marrow. No, scratch that. This is war. This Pathfinder is our assault vehicle. I'm the gunner popping out to knock out the enemy soldiers. He took aim at the closest vampire mutt, which looked like it had been a pit bull in his former life. Straining to keep the gun steady as the vehicle roared across a bumpy trail, he squeezed the trigger. The kick of the shotgun, combined with the wind and the rough ride, almost slapped the gun out of his grip, but he held tight. He hit his mark too. Struck in the breast, the creature yelped and tumbled to the ground. The beast's vicious companions trampled it thoughtlessly, not slowing their pursuit at all. He frowned. He had hoped to discourage them by cutting down one of their packmates, but that wasn't going to work. He would have to shoot all of them. Get down, Naya warned. Jalil dipped into the truck. He looked up. A thick branch zipped past, where his head had been only two seconds ago. Oh man, he said. His mouth was dry. Thanks. I wish you would stay in here, Naya said. These woods are too thick and dark for us to see anything coming up until it's right up on us. Hey, knock down one of the bloodsucker mutts, he said. I can get them all. Just watch. Throw a bottle bomb back there at him, she said. The fire will slow him down, and that's all we need. Like I said, it's not safe for you to stay up there too long exposed like that. She's right, Jalil, David said, his voice taut. You're a crack shot, I admit, but this road is twisting like crazy. I don't want you to get hurt. You guys aren't my parents, Jalil said. His chest was tight. You don't even know me, so why do you care? He almost had to choke out the last words. He couldn't cry. Not now. He had work to do. Naya placed her hand on his shoulder. Something about the way she looked at him reminded him, startlingly, of his mother. And he felt a loosening of tension in his chest. Please, she said softly. Well... Okay. He placed the shotgun on the seat. Curious, King sniffed the gun's wooden stock. Use this. Naya offered him one of those Molotov cocktails. Need a lighter? I have one. He fished a cigarette lighter out of his pockets. Positioning his legs against the back of the seats again, he popped through the sunroof. The hellhounds were close. Less than 20 feet away. I'm going to knock you assholes back, he said. He flicked the lighter. Hold on, Naya said. We're going to turn. Jalil lodged himself in the corner of the sunroof to keep his balance. The truck veered around a curve, dark trees floating past. The lighter flame winked out. He struck it again. Something thudded against the back of the SUV. Jalil raised his head and saw the grimy hands of a vampire grasping the edge of the roof. He froze. 
The bloodsucker leapt onto the rear bumper. It began to hoist itself up like a man doing a pull-up. The vampire was someone he knew. It was Mr. Layman, the dean at the high school. Mr. Layman's face was smeared with dirt and dried blood. His white shirt looked as if it had been washed in a mud puddle. Gonna take care of you, boy, Mr. Layman said in a guttural voice. He pulled himself onto the roof. He crouched like a panther ready to pounce. Jalil remembered the Molotov cocktail in his hand. In a swift motion, he lit the cloth fuse, then hurled the bomb at the vampire. The bottle smacked against the vampire's chest. It blew up with a woof. Jalil raised his arm across his face to protect against the flying glass shards and flames. A sudden push of heat drove him back inside the truck. Shrieking, aflame, the vampire tumbled off the roof like a bundle of straw. It crashed onto the pack of vampiric dogs. Yelping, the creature scattered. With the pursuing monsters disoriented by the fire, David began to pull away from them. Great job, Jalil, Naya said. Thanks. I just want to get those things off her ass. Good work, but don't celebrate yet, David said. We're getting ready to enter the swamp. Death surrounded Diallo. Pearl, the dead seer, was sprawled in a rocking chair. The police officer lay under a blanket. Indirectly, Diallo had been responsible for his death as well. Every vampire that walked in this town acted under his command. However, the experience of standing amidst human death that he had wrought was curiously hollow. The seer's words echoed in his mind. You'll see her again, Diallo. She's not lost to you forever. How could the woman have possibly learned about Mariama? How had he dared to let his emotions swell so close to the surface of his consciousness? He did not understand, and it disturbed him. Yet, strangely, it excited him too. What if the seer's prediction was correct? What if he found Mariama again? No one had ever confirmed his long-held hope that he would one day be reunited with her. No one, until now. He did not believe in coincidence. Coincidence was a symptom of man's unwillingness to believe in fate. For him, signs of fate at work were the compass of his existence. Was it fate that he would see Mariama once more? He yearned to believe that it was true. But until the truth was revealed, he would have to pursue his mission. He cast a final glance over the dead. Then he went outside the house, where his son awaited him. It was time to find David Hunter. As David drove down the narrow route towards the swamp, a dense cloud of fog swallowed them. He tried to raise the brightness of the headlights, but they were already on the highest setting. David, be careful. Naya watched the road warily. You can slow down. We have a good lead. Yeah, but I don't want to drive too slowly. He squinted through the windshield at the roiling, silvery waves of mist. He was driving only 15 miles an hour. The vampires had been distracted by their torch comrade, but they would not give up. He had to press forward at a good pace. The leather-wrapped wheels stuck to his sweaty hands as if melded to them with glue. A persistent itch above his right eyebrow agitated him, but he didn't dare to take his hand away from the wheel. At this leg of their journey, the trail was straight, though in the fog it was a challenge to stay on course. Patches of mist floated like aimless spirits, 
and gnarled trees loom like giant hags in the murkiness. Fine condensation coated the windshield. He turned on the wiper to clear the glass. They skidded across the window with a harsh, grating noise. We're in the clear, Jalil said. I don't see those assholes coming after us. All you gotta do is make it through this swamp. That's it. We'll make it, Naya said. Hang tight. David gnawed his lip. Their optimism was encouraging, but he would feel better after he had reached dry land. The path dropped out of sight. Terror leapt in his heart. He twisted the wheel in a desperate attempt to reconnect with the road. But it was too late. The pathfinder plunged into the water with a tremendous splash. A giant tree loomed ahead of them. David pumped the brake, but he was too late for that too. The truck smashed against the tree, the impact throwing David forward, the seatbelt tightening across his chest. Naya and Jalil shouted in surprise, and King barked. David rocked back into a seat, and that was when he heard the engine cough, sputter, and die. 916-633-1537, Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on um, Podchaser, copy that, paste it in the Apple Podcast, copy that, paste it in the Good Pods. Thank you to everybody who's checking us out on Good Pods and Podchaser. I really do appreciate it. Um, you could donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Uh, also at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast and at the Good Pods app, uh, you can go to the tip jar and leave us something there too. Um, yeah, we're almost done with this book, if you haven't already noticed. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to you later. Peace. Outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name, did you say?